Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Through the Noise podcast. This is Michelle, and I'll be the host for today's session. Before we start, may I wish you all a happy Chinese New Year on behalf of the Standard Chartered CIO office. May you all have a joyous and prosperous year of rabbit. This week, we have seen a resurgence in financial market ahead of the Fed and the ECB meetings next week for the first time this year. Despite markets showing more signs of a potentially easing from a continual rate hike, we believe it's too soon for the Fed and especially the ECB to declare victory as their job markets remain hot. So here comes the question: How should we position ourselves in the current macro backdrop? To discuss this question and more, I'm glad to have here with me today, Mr. Fokan Yap, our senior investment strategist. Hi, Fokan. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, in your weekly, you write about some complacency in markets. Could you explain a bit more? Where do you see this complacency, and what are the investment implications? Yeah, thanks very much, Michelle.、Um, We we have seen a strong rally so far this year,、uh, including in European and、uh, Asia ex Japan equities, also in the Asia local currency bonds,、uh, European high yield bonds, industrial metals,、uh, gold, and the Aussie dollar. So we feel there has been a three broad themes、uh, driving this strong rally.、Uh, one is the warm winter in Europe.、Uh, this is reducing the risk of an energy crisis there, and the two is、uh, rising expectations in the U.S. That we could see an early pause in the Fed rate hikes as、uh, inflation is easing, and the three is、uh, easing of mobility restrictions in in China.、Uh, this has been helping the economy there.、Uh, however, our own、uh, indicator of investor diversity、uh, suggests that investor positioning has become crowded in most assets that have led the rally、uh, this year, and so this raises the chance of a reversal. And we also have big events coming up,、uh, like the Fed. And ECB meetings next week、uh, at the start of February. So, with the Fed,、uh, the market is expecting a 25 basis points hike、uh, now in February and in March、uh, before a pause or a so-called terminal rate of a、uh, 4.9%. But we think the Fed officials have been sounding、uh, resolutely hawkish. So, until we see a clearer signs of the job market and service sector wages decelerating. Uh, hence, uh, one investment implication is that we would refrain from chasing the rallies, especially with crowded positioning and before the key central bank meetings. So we remain watchful for signs of the Fed、uh, preparing to cut rates before turning more constructive on equities and other risk assets. So at the moment, we still see the Fed、uh, cutting rates in a hedge to a second half of this year. And for now,、uh, we believe a diversified income portfolio、uh, remains the best way,、uh, safe way for investors to position themselves. This would be for investors to capture the attractive yields、uh, which are available in your quality income assets. Got it. So maybe let's look into specifically equities. Just staying with U.S. equities now. The earnings season is also ongoing. So would you give us up some up some updates on how it is shaping up? Yeah, sure. So about twenty-five、uh, percent of companies in the S and P five hundred index have、uh, reported so far, and、uh, with mixed results, we think. So according to Refinitiv, sixty-nine percent of these companies have beaten expectations,、uh, which compares to the long-term average 
of 66% beating expectations. Uh, however, earnings growth for Q4 is still expected to be negative at uh, minus 2.7%. And this estimate is revised down from minus 1.6% expected at the start of the year. Uh, in fact, uh, earnings estimates for every quarter uh, in 2023 has been trimmed uh, since the start of the year as the analysts are reassessing the likelihood of a growth slowdown and companies are providing softer guidance. So for this year, 2023, uh, the consensus expectation stands at a 3.1% growth. Uh, this is revised down from 4.4% expected at the start of the year. Uh, but while earnings expectations are being revised down, uh, revenue expectations have been stable compared to the start of the year at a 4.2% growth for Q4. So this points to a weakening in margin expectations as the earnings season is progressing. And sector-wise, the U.S. financial sector is the most advanced in reporting, uh, with over 50% of companies having reported. And Q4 earnings growth is negative for the sector as uh, credit provisions increased and the provision releases that we witnessed in 2021 were not repeated. Uh, the credit provisions, however, have been uh, largely as expected and the financial sector is expected to benefit from a rising interest rates this year, uh, driving an expected 12% earnings growth. Uh, so the coming weeks, we'll see several mega cap technology and internet heavyweights uh, reporting earnings. Uh, technology is the largest sector in the US equities, and it's expected to see an 8.6% uh, decline in Q4 earnings. Uh, we have also seen warnings of a slowdown in uh, cloud computing as the growth rates normalize from the acceleration witness uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. There are also signs of a weaker corporate spending on your software and other technology products. Uh, so the tech companies have been reacting with job cuts, uh, which is a rare move after many years of growth uh, in the sector. So the tech sector is expected to grow its uh, 2023 earnings uh, by 2.6%, uh, slightly below the broader market. And overall, we have a neutral view on the financial and technology sectors uh, we expect them to perform uh, in line with broader U.S. equities. Um, and as we see a high likelihood of a recession in the U.S., we do prefer your defensive sectors uh, such as healthcare and consumer staples. And uh, we are also overweight the U.S. energy sector where we see strong cash flows and attractive valuation. Got it. So if we look at some other sharp moves in the market recently, we have also seen a sharp decline in the U.S. dollar and a strong rally in gold. Can you talk about the outlook of the U.S. dollar and also the gold, please? Yeah, sure. So since uh, November last year, we have seen a sharp decline in the U.S. dollar index or DXY. Uh, this has been driven by the markets uh, pricing in fewer rate hikes uh, from the U.S. Fed and more hawkish stance uh, from the ECB. And so this reduces the US dollar's expected uh, interest rate advantage. Uh, however, ahead of the Fed meeting next week, uh, we see the risk of complacency in markets uh, with multiple Fed members uh, still sticking to their hawkish stance. Uh, there is a risk that any hawkish surprise in the FOMC meeting, uh, this could lead to a short-term bounce in the US dollar, especially with skewed positioning right now and uh, stretch technicals. Uh, however, we do expect a hawkish ECB. Uh, this would cap any near-term bounce in the DXY uh, to around 103. And then with gold, uh, prices have rallied sharply, uh, driven by your lower US government bond yields and the recent decline in the US dollar. 
however, our proprietary uh, indicator for market diversity, it is signaling that the recent rally has led to stretch technicals for gold. Uh, hence, we see a higher risk of a consolidation or even a pullback over the next few weeks for gold. So we would prefer to wait for a pullback towards the 1840 area uh, before adding further exposure to gold. I see. So um, apart from gold and dollar, perhaps you can also touch on the oil too. Um, it seems like there have been some volatility, but also moving up recently. Do you see this rally as sustainable? Yeah, sure. So the WTI uh, crude oil, it, it declined sharply in the first two trading days of this year uh, before recovering steadily in the past uh, few weeks. So the steady climb in oil prices uh, can be attributed to uh, one, a rebound in energy demand in China uh, following the government relaxing uh, mobility restrictions there. And also uh, China's growth spillover to Asia is also helping to boost uh, oil demand from the region. A second is an improvement in growth sentiment uh, with a positive economic data surprises in Europe and in China. And a third is a signs of falling crude exports from Russia uh, due to existing sanctions. Uh, so supply is getting tighter. Uh, so we believe the crude rally can continue to grind higher uh, in the short term. So uh, on the supply side, the additional cap on the price of uh, Russia's fuel exports uh, effective from 5th of February is likely to reduce diesel supply further. And the upcoming OPEC Plus meeting on the 1st of February is unlikely to see any tweaks to the current policy. Uh, meanwhile, on the demand side, uh, China's reopening will remain supportive of demand. And from a technical perspective, uh, the WTI crude oil is breaking out from a seven-month long uh, downtrend since June of last year. So this could see prices move higher towards uh, $83. Got it. Thank you so much, Foken, for your valuable insights and comments. This is all we have for today. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us. And once again, wishing you all health, happiness, and prosperity in 2023. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights. 